Hello and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast focused on helping us understand the process of loss and grief with the help of those who are living it. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and in today's episode, I'm going to examine a few details of my life as a widower, which I doubt most people consider. I'll reveal many milestones and how I'm going it alone. Please share this podcast with someone you know who could benefit from its messages. The more we know and understand about grief, the better we can help others and, more importantly, help ourselves. The podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also directly at journeytograteful.com. Please share that with your friends. And if you've checked out the Journey to Grateful website, you will find stories by myself and my contributors which speak directly to you regarding what you are currently experiencing in your grief journey. So please take a look at those stories. And thank you once again for joining me today to discuss Going It Alone, Milestones Without Your Spouse. This will be a bit of a guidepost for those that are on this particular journey. So let's begin this discussion. Life-changing moments aren't limited to grand events such as a loss or a marriage or the purchase of a house or even a newborn baby. Many milestones can be somewhat obscure or go unnoticed by anyone walking by your life as it moves forward in a normal pace. Such as the moment a teenage daughter discovers her voice while recording an impromptu sing-along with her favorite song in the privacy of her basement. Or perhaps your kindergarten son who realizes when seeing their teacher in a grocery store that teachers don't live at school 24-7. Several of these moments might not qualify as a milestone, quote-unquote, wherever it is that they gather and determine what a milestone in life truly is. But I'm here to tell you, a milestone, particularly as it relates to grief, is not limited to those moments found on a large scale of measurement, during a big event, or in an obvious public manner. Lately, I've been noticing milestones in the smallest of events and oftentimes in non-events. The beginning of summer, for instance. Not necessarily a milestone in and of itself, but when you add to it facts that measure time, such as the second summer without your loved one, the milestone appears. So just over a week ago, I experienced a more traditional milestone. The graduation of my 14-year-old son from 8th grade, now officially a high school student, proud and excited about his graduation. A much more traditional milestone for sure. But if you're new to this grief thing, you might not be aware or you might not be prepared for the many milestones that surround you on days like graduation day. For example, this event was the second 8th grade graduation in as many years without their mother. A rose ceremony in which all grads present a rose to their parents, typically their mothers, in a show of appreciation for the journey they have helped them through as both parents greet and hug the graduate. And you can't help but feel the oppression of this milestone when you yourself are standing alone, receiving this touching symbol with a combination of pride and appreciation and deep sadness. 
It is in these milestones that grief tests you the very most because it comes at you as more of a surprise and not something that you can prepare well for. And for the others witnessing this moment around you, they don't see how it affects you, which is a bit odd being on this side of it. It's happening to you, but almost no one sees it. And it's a strange feeling, I'll tell you. So I often wonder why these small moments can hit you, only to understand later that it's actually because these moments, no matter how big or small, are a measure of time. And anything that measures time and the distance you are from that initial loss, that's going to hit you. That's going to hit you hard. And lastly, you, still going through your grief, you see things and experience things other people just simply don't. They can't, actually. You have a unique perspective, which will always be a part of who you are going forward because of your loss. A measure of time, which includes the stark reminder of what is different, who you've lost, and how unlike everyone you are in that moment. And that right there, that is the specific chapter of grief you don't often read about. As you begin your journey through grief, there are obvious milestones and moments you can somewhat prepare yourself for, at least understand and assume that they are going to occur. But these seemingly small details become some of the toughest. The presentation of a rose, a family photo among other families taking photos, but yours is different, and it always will be. The struggle of being so proud of your graduate's accomplishments and the sadness you feel for the empty space at your side. You are aware that events like this will be difficult, but it's not only the event itself. It's the tiny little details that you will notice and analyze throughout the event that test you more than you realize that they could. So now I sit here and the kids are out of school and summer begins. Once again, those small details that no one warns you about will begin to creep in. They are really just everyday things that tend to have a slightly larger impact. Last year at this time, I realized it would soon be time for driver's ed for my oldest son, and this wasn't supposed to be just me experiencing this adventure alone. And yet it is. Mark another milestone on the list. Now here's a side note. I have a son, son number two, who's about to dive into driver's ed as well this week. So for me, it is so surreal because I'm kind of reliving those things over and over. Now, my eldest son, a year older than his brother, will hopefully receive his license right before school begins at the end of summer. And I personally cannot wait. I can't count on one hand how many times I've had to tag team with myself getting both boys to two different sporting events nearly at the same time. Friends have been priceless in these situations, and I am forever grateful. And of course, not to mention attempting to be present for a portion of each of the games, usually in two completely different venues. It's times like that which make me realize in a much different way the value of having a spouse, the necessity of my wife, us together as a team, figuring it all out and doing it all together. I'm not sure things like this translate to everyday thought for the average person. 
And then there are the more mundane and common milestones, which surprise you in yet a different way, such as school registration for fall. It seems so foreign to you, like it's your first time that you are doing this in your life. Why is that? Because it is. She used to do this. And now you are left to finally appreciate all that you hadn't before. All that she did and, and you hadn't considered its value at the time. And finally, decisions. What about all those decisions? You'll have to make decisions by yourself. That's obvious. And then again, it's not. Now let me explain to you what I mean. You know you will have to make decisions on your own, but that realization will sit quietly in the back of your brain until it's needed. And when it is, it's as though you've never considered this fact before in your life. I think it's because your brain has an interesting way of actively trying to forget the loss of your spouse in small ways. And in this instance, it's a perfect example. Now, I have a side note here. I am not saying you have forgotten about the loss of your spouse. As I've said before, when I've shown people in my life that it's okay to bring my wife's name into a conversation, I've had some explain that they didn't want me to feel bad and they didn't want to be the one to remind me of my loss. And I've always said to those people, every day I wake up and each day I go to bed, I am reminded of my loss. Someone bringing up my wife's name in a conversation will not be the reason I suddenly remember that particular day. So it's safe to bring her up. So continuing on, your brain has an odd way, I guess, of protecting you. With the obviousness of making decisions all by yourself, it seems my brain was doing just that, not allowing me to think of it. Not, not fully, at least. Not yet. So it remains. I now have to make decisions alone. Do you realize how scary that can be at times? Are you aware of how many times I pause and think to myself, how would Colleen consider this decision? And this is something I hadn't taken into consideration as a part of this grief journey. This specifically was not a consideration that was top of mind when initially approaching life alone. I suspect it's for that reason. I believe that grief has so, so many facets that you cannot possibly take them all in at once. So it has a way of revealing individual items when those details need to be considered, perhaps when you are ready for them. Thus, the reason that the very common idea of making decisions alone doesn't place itself front and center, not right away. It's simply not information that is needed at that particular time. In the beginning of my journey, I felt there were hundreds of things coming at me all at once. The legal aspects, the arrangement details, the first day, the first week, the first month survival mode, so to speak. That was all plenty to handle in the beginning. Decisions would come when needed, and I would realize in time the impact that obvious detail would have on this new life I was trying to navigate. So there's constant decisions. What's for dinner? Can I go with my friends here? Are you going to the grocery store soon? Did you fill out that form I needed this week? Do you have time next week to fill in the blank? Or the ever-popular, how should I handle whatever? Which is usually quite important decision to make. And for me, 
I was unique. I had the ability to pull from experience directly from my wife, Colleen, and what she taught me through the loss of her first husband, Rob. And very, very few people have the resource that I had, and Colleen taught me well without knowing that she was teaching me. We discussed how she moved forward after her loss, what the the most difficult details of her being a single parent were at the time. Those details that she shared with me have certainly helped me climb this path with a bit more ease than most, and yet I feel I've done my fair share of stumbling through it. In a way, that's why I have created this podcast, and specifically this episode. I want this to be a guidepost for those who haven't had the benefit of the discussions I've had. We all need to share our experiences. This I believe with my whole heart. It helps us through this journey, and it helps others better understand the path that they are on. Ultimately, it helps us understand what may be in our path ahead, better preparing ourselves. Hopefully, this all will allow us to move one step forward with a bit more ease, understanding how best to navigate this new life, going it alone. Because from where I'm sitting, grief is still very much a mystical thing which most people don't care to understand better until they need to. I believe we need to change that, bring grief to the forefront, and demystify what the process of grief is, and show others they are not alone. They will make it through. If you can show, by example, how you have been able to journey through your grief, it will help others who are coming after you by showing them what to expect, showing them how you've handled those milestones I've discussed, and by holding out your hand to help them along this difficult path which they are traveling alone. once again for joining me on the journey to grateful podcast i'm always so happy to see that you are here each week i'd like to remind you to never hesitate to connect with me via email give me your feedback contact me anytime it's tim at journey to you can also leave me a voicemail or directly text me at 262-298-2428 that's 262 262- 298 chat and feel free to share your story with me give me perhaps some topics that you would like me to touch upon i would really appreciate the feedback now let me jump ahead and deal with some business here are you a subscriber of the podcast hop over to apple Podcasts or spotify and subscribe so that you get notifications every time an episode comes out and if you are a subscriber or if you've listened to a few of the episodes much more importantly please please rate and review the podcast and here's why it helps others find the show and through that you and i are part of a team that is making a difference for others And lastly, don't forget about Facebook and Instagram. Just simply look for at Journey to Grateful and join the community today. Now, as I close out this episode, I'd like to share with you a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. It's a bit lengthy, but plenty to reflect upon. For each thorn, there's a rosebud. For each twilight, a dawn. For each trial, the strength to carry on. For each storm, a rainbow. For each shadow, the sun. For each parting, sweet memories when sorrow is done. I'd like to repeat the ending. 
Sweet Memories When Sorrow Is Done. Now maybe When Sorrow Is Away would be better, because I doubt it will ever be done. But I strive for more smiles from memories that I have than tears from the sorrow that I feel. I hope that it's possible. But for now, it's a goal. And even in grief, it's good to have goals. For we can't stop the progression of time, so let's try to live the best we can for the one we've lost. And thank you once again for stopping by and for sharing your time with me. May the week ahead allow you to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.